I've got 10 minutes to preach a message, so I'm going to waste no time with bad jokes today. And um, then we're going to get Esther and Reese to come back up and they're going to do a, a concert for us. So we're in a series called How to Be Joyful and Thankful. And the reality is if you're filled with joy, you'll most naturally be thankful. I haven't seen a joyful person walk around being unthankful. Maybe you have, but I haven't. But we want to be. Here's the ultimate idea. We want to be people who are constantly filled with joy. Not just happy or sad, depending on what's going on around us, but constantly filled with joy. Two weeks ago, we opened a series from Philippians 1 verses 12 to 21. And I brought four points, which we're going to preach through over the next four weeks. The first one I said was we need, to, we need a platform to climb onto because when we're on a platform, we get a higher perspective that's going to help us see through the circumstance or the situation or the happenings by which we're currently living in and it's going to help us have a God perspective and greater joy and I'm going to lean into that in a moment. He also said we need a priority to cling to. You know, we need to discern what's really significant in life and what ultimately doesn't matter. The third thing we talked about was that we need a power to carry on. And you know what? Most of us get worn down and lose all our strength because we're carrying things that we don't need to carry. We need to learn what we need to give to the Lord and allow Him to be our strength. And the fourth thing is we need a purpose to commit into. You know, in this life, we all want to invest in things. But the truth is we need to be people who invest in significant eternal things. And that leads to the passage that I want to speak on today, which I ended on last week from Matthew 4. And I've just got a really short message around God's perspective for us this morning. So it's up on screen, Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was skinny, he was hungry, I mean. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. And a question is, have you ever been tempted? The answer is probably yes. Tempted to slip morally? Tempted to change your worldview, tempted to alter your theological stance, tempted to change some things that really you shouldn't change. See, times of temptation can ultimately create this spiritual wrestle in our hearts and it can steal our joy unless we're able to climb onto a platform and view things as God views things. In this passage, the devil has Jesus at perhaps his most vulnerable Hasn't eaten 40 days. Imagine how cranky he would have been. I'm cranky after half an hour of not having a snack. Kezia after 10 minutes. Um, And 
He's standing on a high mountain looking over the whole wide world and he's showing Jesus and offering Jesus all the wonderful things that this world has to offer. Crazy thought. But let me ask you a question this morning. It's not a new question, but is this glass half full or half empty? Anyone want to have a guess? Yell it out. 55%. Half full or half empty? All right, hands up if you think it's half full. Hands up if you think it's half empty. Hands up if you're sitting on the fence because you're too sooky to to stand for one of them. (laughs) You see, the logical person... No, the logic the person sees is usually around the experiences that they've been through. You know, we often assume that the person who says it's half full has a good perspective, you know, a positive outlook. And the opposite is that those who see it half empty haven't such a great perspective and, you know, their perspective is not positive, it's negative. But the truth is no one sets out in this life and decides and puts their hope in, I'm going to have a negative perspective on everything, right? No one just decides that's what's going to be. But the reality is that a good perspective is not necessarily God's perspective. The dictionary defines perspective as a particular attitude towards a way of regarding something or a point of view. A God perspective could be defined as the capacity to see things in their true meaning or importance. As humans, our perspectives are shaped by our experiences. Thinking about it, the glass half question could really lead us to thinking that if you think the glass is half empty, perhaps your perspective is driven by what you've lost. Or maybe you see the glass half empty because of something you expected to get but you never actually received. Whereas if you view the glass as half full, perhaps your perspective is driven by what you might have. And the question that we could always ask ourselves in any situation in our life is do we define ourselves based on future expectations or do we define ourselves on what we have already lost? And if we're, care- if we're not careful, our perspective could end up being driven by what we've experienced by not necessarily what is actually true. Alternatively, a God perspective works differently. A God perspective doesn't look at what might be. It doesn't look at what you might have lost, but looks directly at what you have now. Because a God perspective formulates around two things, provision and promise. And when we understand and trust God's provision and God's promise, we will sit joyfully through any temptation or any trial. Because I believe the God perspective to the glass half full And half empty is not half full, not half empty, but enough. It's enough. It's all we need. Because I trust and I'm thankful for the provision and I trust and know that his promise for both today and tomorrow will happen. See, the origin of the very word perspective comes from the Latin word perspusor or something like that. It's a lot easier in your head when you Google this stuff than when you say it out loud. Our human perspective can only look at, look at what I've done, look at what I've messed up, look at what I had half empty, look at what 
I lack. But a God perspective actually looks through or looks beyond human ideas, human situations. Look, God has provided. And I know it's promised that my God will always provide enough. Jesus had been in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and the devil had been relentless in tempting Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I know you're hungry. Turn that bread into stone. You know you can. Ease your hunger. Break your fast. It'll be all right. Alter your commitment to your purpose. Then on the top of the temple, test God. Is he really going to come through? Is what he promised really going to happen? Test him. Jump. He'll save you. Hey, Jesus, see all the kingdoms. See the whole world. See all the wonder. See all the beauty. I'll give it to you. All you have to do is worship me. I love what Jesus said to him. He said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He says, I don't need to get anything from you, Satan. I don't need more in my cup. While I'm hungry from fasting, God's providing me strength. And what I have is enough. See, a God perspective is seeing everything through, not at through to what God has promised and through to what we know our God will provide. And so being joyful is living each day knowing what I have is enough. Is the glass half full or half empty? The truth be told, it is enough. And that's what I want to share to us today. And in any situation in your life, just know that what we have is Enough. I'm going to pray and Reese and Esther are going to come up and they're going to um, share some music and some thoughts around their music with us. Father God, we thank you that what you give us is enough. We thank you that in your word it says that you'll provide our every need, Lord, and we believe that and we believe that your, your promises are true for our lives and are good for our lives. Lord, help us to have your perspective, to look through situations, not look at the moment, but look through to know that you will provide for us and that what you have promised for our lives is good. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen.